Welcome to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. The Orkneyinger Saga. Chapter 71. Bishop John Arrives from Scotland. When Earl Roggenwald had ruled the Orkneys two winters, he had a Yule feast at his estate called Narrastadir. The sixth day of Yule, a ship was seen crossing the Pentland Firth from the south. It was a fine day, and the Earl was outside the house, with many men looking at the ship. There was also a man named Rolf, the Earl's court priest. When the strangers landed, they left the ship, and the Earl's men calculated their number to be fifteen or sixteen. In front of them walked a man in a blue cloak, with his hair tucked up under the cap. The lower part of his chin was shaved, but the lips unshaved, and the long beard was hanging down from them. They thought this man somewhat strange, but Rolf said it was Bishop John from Athol in Scotland. Then the Earl went to meet them, and gave the bishop a gracious welcome. He placed him in his high seat, but served at the table himself like a waiter. Early next morning the bishop held a service, and went to Aglesey to see Bishop William. This was the tenth day of Yule. Then both the bishops went with a noble suite to visit Arrogenvold, and told them of their business, explaining the agreement between Svein Asleif's son and Earl Madat, namely that their son Harald should bear the title of Earl, and have half of the Orkneys jointly with Earl Roggenvold. But Earl Roggenvold should have the government in his hands, even when Harald grew up, and if a difference arose between them, Earl Roggenvold should have his own way. Svein was present and confirmed the bishop's statement. It was resolved to hold a meeting during Lent in Caithness, and there they agreed upon the terms above mentioned, and their agreement was confirmed by oaths of the best men of the Orkneys and Scotland. Then Harald, Madad's son, went to the Orkneys with Orogenvold and was invested with the title of Earl. Harald was accompanied to the islands by Thorbjorn Clerk, the son of Thorstein Holt, and Gudrun, the daughter of Frakork. He was a wise and great man. He was a foster father to Harald at that time and had a great influence with him. Thorbjorn married in the Orkneys Ingrid, Olaf's daughter, sister to Svein, Asleif's son. He was sometimes in the Orkneys and sometimes in Scotland. He was a most valiant man, but overbearing in most things. Svein, Asleif's son, took possession of all the estates that belonged to his father Olaf and his brother Valfjof. He became a great chieftain, and always had many men with him. He was a wise man, and far-seeing in many things, but overbearing and rash. No two men in the West were considered at that time greater than the brothers-in-law Svein and Thorbjorn, and there was a warm friendship between them. Chapter 72 The Burning of Frakork On one occasion Svein, Asleif's son, 
asked Elrogenwald to give him troops and ships to take vengeance on Olvir and Frakork for the burning of his father Olaf. The Earl said, Do you not think, Svein, that Olvir and that old hag Frakork, who is good for nothing, will scarcely be able to do us any harm now? Svein replied, They will always be mischievous while they live, and I expected something else when I did great things for you, than that you would refuse me this. The Earl replied, What will you be satisfied with? Svein said, Two ships, well equipped. And then the Earl said he should have what he wished. Then he made preparations for going. When he was ready, he sailed south to Borgerfjord and had a northwest wind to Dufirar. From there, he passed Mori to Ekilsbaki, and from there, he went to Ermadad at Athol. He gave Svein guides, who knew the way across the mountains and forests wherever Svein wished to go, and he went through the interior of the country, over mountains and through woods, and away from all habitations, and came down in Hjalmandal, near the middle of Sutherland. Olvir and Frakork had had spies wherever they thought they might expect enemies from the Orkneys, but this way they did not expect any. They did not, therefore, perceive the enemy till Svein and his men were in a certain slope behind the house. Ovir Rosta met them there with sixty men, and the fight began immediately. But there was little resistance on the part of Ovir's men, and they retreated towards the houses because they could not reach the wood. A great many were killed, and Ovir ran into Yalmandil's river, and then up the mountains. After that he went to Scotland's Firth on the west coast, and from there to the Sudriar, and he is not mentioned further in this saga. When Olvir escaped, Svein and his men approached the houses and plundered everything. Then they burnt the houses with all the inmates, and there Frakork perished. Svein and his men committed many ravages in Sutherland before they went to their ships. After that they were out on raids during the summer, and ravaged in Scotland. In the autumn Svein came to Earl Rogenwald in the Orkneys, and was well received. Then he crossed over to Ness, and spent the winter in Douglasbury. At this time, Svein received a message from Holdbode in the Sudriar, that he should come and help him, because Holt from Bretland had been there, and driven him from his estates, and taken much booty. The messenger was called Rodbjart, of English descent. When Svein received the message, he left quickly for the Orkneys and called on Earl Rogenbold and requested him to give him troops and ships. The Earl asked Svein what he was doing then. He said he had received a message from a man whom he ought least of all to refuse, and who had proved his best friend and in his greatest need, when most others were his enemies. The Earl said, It is well if you part good friends, but most of the Sudrier men are treacherous. You must, however, act a manly part, and I will give you two ships, fully manned. Svein was well pleased with this, and went to the Sudriar, but he did not find Hold Body till he came to the Isle of Man, because the latter had fled thither. When Svein came to the Isle of Man, Hold Body was very glad to see him. The British Hold had plundered and killed men to a large extent in the Isle of Man as well as in the Sudriar. He had killed a nobleman named Andrew. He left a widow by the name of Ingrid, and a son by the name of Sigurd. Ingrid was wealthy and had large estates. Holdbody advised Swain to woo her, and when he proposed marriage, she made it a condition of her acceptance that he should avenge her late husband, Andrew. 
Spain replied, I may inflict some loss on the British, but we cannot know how many we may succeed in manslaying. Then Spain and Holbody went out on an expedition with five ships. They plundered in Bretland, landing at a place called Jarlsness and committing great ravages. One morning they went into a certain village and met with little resistance. The inhabitants fled from the village, and Spain and his men plundered everything and burnt six homesteads before dinner. An Icelander named Eric was with Spain, and he sang the following. Half a dozen homesteads burning, half a dozen households plundered. This was Spain's work of a morning. This his vengeance, calls he lent them. After this they went to their ships. They were out reaving all summer and obtained much booty, but hold fled to an island called Lunt, where there was a strong place. Spain besieged it for some time, to no purpose. In the autumn, they went back to the Isle of Man. Chapter 73 Of Spain and Hold Bodies Raids This winter, Spain married Ingrid, and remained there greatly honoured. In the spring, he gathered men together, and went to see Hold Body, and asked for his assistance. But he excused himself, saying that many of his men were occupied and trading, so Spain got none there. But the truth was that he had secretly made peace with Holt and confirmed their alliance by exchanging presents. Sven went out nevertheless with three ships, but made little booty in the early part of the summer. Later they went south, under Ireland, and seized a barge belonging to some monks in Sillingar. There they plundered it. And he made inroads in Ireland in many places, obtained a large booty, and returned to the Isle of Man in autumn. When Svein had been a short time at home, he had heard report to the effect that Old Body was not faithful to him, but Svein shrank from believing it. One night in the spring, Svein's watchman came to him and said that enemies were approaching. Svein and his men seized their arms and ran out, and saw a great number of men carrying fire to the homestead. Then Svein and his men ran to a hill and defended themselves from it. They had a horn which they sounded. The neighbourhood was thickly inhabited, and men came flocking to help Spain, so that the assailants at last gave way. Spain and his men pursued them and killed many in the fight, but many of both sides were wounded before they parted. The chief of the attacking band was Hold Body. He escaped in the flight and did not stop until he came to Lundy Isle. Holt received him well, and there they remained together. Spain went home and kept a large number of men about him maintaining a strict watch, because he distrusted the Sudriar men. Late in the winter he sold the lance, and went early in the spring to Lewis. During his expedition he had committed many ravages. Chapter 74 of Oroganvold and Svein While Svein was in the Sudriar, Oroganvold went over to Caithness and was entertained at Vic by a man named Harald. His son was named Svein, an active fellow. While the earl was there, Thorbjorn Clerk came up from Scotland and said that his father, Thorstein Holt, had been killed by a certain earl. People talked of how frequently Earl Roganvold and Thorbjorn spoke together, because the earl scarcely took leisure to discharge his duties for that reason. Thorbjorn went with the earl out to the islands, and Svein, Harold's son, became the earl's table-boy, Thorbjorn had been in Scotland for some time. He had slain two men, who had been with Svein, Asleaf's son, 
at the burning of Rakork. When Sven came from the Sudriar, he went home to his farm in Gersi, and not to Earl Rugenbold, as he used to do when he came home from his expeditions. So when the Earl heard that Sven had come home from the Sudriar in the summer, he asked Thorbjorn for what reason he thought Sven did not come to him. Thorborn replied, I suppose Svein is offended with me, because I had those men slain who were with him at the burning of Prakork. The Earl said, I do not like you to be enemies. Then Earl Rugenfold went to Gersi and tried to reconcile them, which was easy, because they both wished the Earl to judge between them. Then he made peace between them, and it lasted for a long time after. Chapter 75 Earl Rogenbold's Pleasantries At this time, there came a certain Icelandic ship to the Orkneys, in which was a man by the name of Hal, the son of Thorarin Bridmagi. He went to North Ronaldsea to stay with Thorstein and Ragna. He became tired of staying there, and asked Thorstein to bring him to Rogenbold. They went to see him, but the Earl would not receive Hal. When they came home, Ragna asked how they had succeeded, and Hal replied by a ditty. It was to thy own son, Ragna. Let truth be known among the people. I gave the noble task of asking, my reception among the courtiers. But the generous ring-giver, who enjoys the highest honour, has declined my clannish service, having plenty of the bravest. Shortly afterwards, Ragna went to see of Rogenwald on this errand herself. She was so dressed that she had a red headgear of horse's hair, and when the earl saw her coming, he sang, Never did I know before this how all the ladies of the crossbench deck their heads with the finest kerchiefs. If I use my proper language, it seems to me that this gold wearer hides the tresses of her hindhead with the chestnut filly's tail locks, and her headdress shows her temper. Ragna said, Now the saying comes true, that few are so wise that they see everything as it is, for this hair is of a horse, and not of a mare. Then she took a silken kerchief, and wrapped it around her head, continuing nevertheless her business with the earl. He gave her a rather cold answer at first, but became more pleasant as they spoke longer, and she obtained what she wanted, namely, to procure Hall a place at the Earl's court. He remained a long time with Orogenbold. They made jointly the old metre key, with five verses for each different metre. Afterwards that was thought too much, and now two verses are only made for each different metre. Chapter 76 Of Orogenbold and Svein Asleaf's Son Svein Asleaf's Son is said to have heard that Holt Body had arrived in the Sudriar. Then he asked Orogenvold to give him troops to avenge himself. The Earl gave him five ships, and Thorborn Clerk was the commander of one of them, Haflidi the son of Thorkur Fletir of another, Dufnil the son of Havard Gunni's son, the third, Rickard Thorleif's son, the fourth, and Svein Asleif's son, the fifth. When Holt Body heard of Svein, he fled from the Sudriar. Svein and his men killed many people in the Sudriar, and ravaged and burnt far and wide. They obtained great booty, but could not catch Hold Body, and he never came to the Sudriar after that. Svein wished to remain in the Sudriar during the winter, 
but Thorbjorn and the others wished to go home, and went in the autumn to Caithness, and arrived at Dunkel's Bay. When they were going to divide their booty, Svein said they should all share equally, but that he himself should have a chief's share, saying that he had been the chief, and that the earl had sent the others to his assistance. Besides, he added further, that alone he had the quarrel with the Sudriar men, while the others had none. Thorbjorn, however, said he did not deserve less than Svein, and had not been less of a leader than he. They also wished that all the ship's commanders should have equal shares, but they had to submit to Svein, because his men were by far the most numerous there on the Ness. Thorbjorn went out to the Orkneys and told Rogenvold how matters had gone between him and Svein, and that they were very much displeased to have been deprived by him of their just proportion of the spoil. The Earl said it would not be only once that Svein had turned out to be not an equitable man, yet he would in the end receive retribution for his injustice. But he added, You shall not quarrel about this. I shall give you as much money of my own as you have lost through him, and it is my will you do not claim it of him. It will be a good thing if this does not lead to greater difficulties. Thorbjorn replied, May God reward you, my lord, for the honour you do us, and we shall not quarrel with Svein about this. But I shall never be his friend any more, and I shall do him some despite in return. After that, Thorbjorn divorced himself from Ingrid, Svein's sister, and sent her to Caithness. Svein received her well, but considered Thorbjorn's conduct as a great insult to himself. Then there was fierce enmity between them. Then the saying proved true that monsters are best matched together. When Svein was in the Sidriar, he had placed Margad Grimson over his affairs at Dinglesby and transferred him to the office which he held from Elrogenvold. But Margad was resentful and overbearing and became unpopular on account of his violence. Those who were for the first objects of his oppression ran to Rold and remained there. From this, enmity arose between the two. Shortly after, Margad went south to Vic on business with nineteen men, and before he left he attacked Rold and killed him, and several others. Then he went to Dinglesby to see Svein. The latter gathered men together and went to Lambeborg, where he fortified himself. It was a strong place, and there he remained with sixty men, and brought thither provisions and other necessaries. The borg was situated on a sea-girt rock, and on the landward side there was a well-built stone wall. The crags ran a long way along the sea on either side. Svein and his men committed many violent robberies in Caithness, and brought everything into the stronghold, and they became greatly hated. Chapter 77 of Svein Asleifsson's Movements This news came to the ears of Rogenvold and Svein son, and he asked the Earl to help him to obtain redress in this cause, and many supported Svein's request. At last Rogenvold crossed over to Ness, and the following chiefs with him. Thorbjorn, Hafleidi son, and Dufnil son. These counselled the most severe measures against Svein. They went to Dingle's Bay, but Svein was not there. They heard the news he was in Lambeborg, and then the Earl went thither. When they came to the Borg, Svein asked who their leader was, and he was told it was Earl Rogenvold. Svein asked him what he wanted. The Earl said he wished him to deliver Margad up to them, 
Svein asked whether he was to receive quarter. The Earl said he would not promise. Then Svein said, I have not the heart to deliver Margaret into the power of Svein, Rold's son, or of my other enemies who are with you. But I should wish very much to be at peace with you, my lord. Then Thorborn Clerk said, Hear what the traitor says, that he would willingly be at peace with his lord after he has plundered his land, and betaken himself to the highways like a thief. You make a bad return to the Earl for all the honour he has done you, and so you will do all you can. Svein replied, You need not say much in this case, Thorbjorn, for no respect will be paid to your words, but it is my foreboding that you will repay him worse for all the honour he has done to you before you part, for nobody will gain good fortune from any dealings with you. Then Eurogenvold said that the men should not reel at each other. Then they besieged the Borg, and cut off all communication, and a long time passed, as they could not make an assault. And when the provisions were exhausted, Svein called his men together and consulted with them. But they all said, as with one mouth, that they wished to follow his guidance as long as they were able. Then Svein said, I think it most disgraceful to starve here, and afterward to surrender to our enemies. It has turned out, as was likely, that our skill and good fortune should fall against Rogenwald. We have tried to obtain peace and security for life, but neither was to be had for my companion Margad. Though I know that the others will be able to obtain quarter, yet I have not the heart to deliver him under the axe. Still, it is not right that so many here should suffer for his difficulties, although I am unwilling to part from him for a time. Then he tied ropes together which they had, and during the night they let Svein and Margad down from the borg into the sea. They swam along the cliffs till they came to the end of them, and they got on the shore and went to Sutherland, thence to Mori, then to Dufriar. There they met with some Orkney men in a trading vessel. Halvard and Thorkel were the commanders, and they were ten together. Svein and Margad went on board with them, when they were twelve together, and then they sailed off south to Scotland, until they came to the Isle of May. There was a monastery, the head of which was an abbot by the name of Baldwin. Sven and his men were detained there seven nights by the stress of the weather. They said they had been sent by Earl Roggenwald to the King of Scots. The monks suspected their tale, and thinking they were pirates, sent to the mainland for men. When Sven and his comrades became aware of this, they went hastily on board their ship, after having plundered much treasure from the monastery. They went along in Mirkfiford, and found David the King of Scots in Edinburgh. He received Sven well, and requested him to stay with him. He told the king explicitly the reason of his visit, how matters had gone between him and Rogenwald before they parted, and also that they had plundered in Meir. Svein and Margad stayed for a while with the king of Scots, and were well treated. King David sent men to those who had been robbed by Svein, and told them to estimate their loss themselves, and then, of his own good money, he made good to everyone his loss. King David proposed to Spain to bring his wife from the Orkneys and to bestow upon him such honours in Scotland as he might well be satisfied with. Spain declared all his wishes to the king. He said it was his wish that Margad should remain with him and that the king should send word to Elrogenwald to be reconciled with him. But he said he himself would leave the case entirely to the decision of Rogenwald, adding that he was always well pleased when there was friendship between them but ill at ease when they were at enmity. King David replied, 
I suppose this Earl is a good man, and you value nothing except what comes from him, since you prefer the risk of surrendering yourself to his good faith and refuse my offers. Svein said he would never give up his friendship, yet he asked the king to grant him this, and the king said it should be as he wished. King David sent men to the Orkneys with presents, and a message requesting that the Earl would make peace with Svein. Then Svein went north to the islands, and Margad remained behind with the king. King David's messengers went to Arrogenvold, who received them very well, and also the presents, and promising peace to Svein. Then he was fully reconciled to Svein, who now returned to his estates. Chapter 78 Earl Valthiof's Death When Svein and Margad had left Lambaborg, those that were in the fort resolved to surrender it to Ulrogenwald. He asked them what they last knew of Svein and Margad, and they told the truth. When the Earl had heard it, he said, To tell the truth, Svein has no equal among those that are with us now, and such feats are both brave and hardy, but I will not abuse my power over you, although you were involved in these troubles with Svein. Every one of you shall go home in peace, as far as I am concerned. The Earl went home to the Orkneys, and sent Thorbjorn Clerk in a ship with forty men south to Bredefort to search for Svein, but he heard nothing of him. Thorbjorn then said to his men, Our journey is a strange one. We are all this time wandering after Svein, but I have heard that Earl Valthiof, who slew my father, is not far off, and with a few men. If you will attack him with me, I will promise you that I shall not act as Sven did, namely to deprive you of your share, if we get any booty, for you shall have all we get, except what you wish to give me, because I think glory is better than booty. Then they went to the place where Earl Valthiof was at banquet, and surprised them in the house, and set it on fire immediately. Valthiof and his men ran to the door, and asked who the raiser of the fire was. Thorbjorn told his name. Valthiev offered compensation for Thorstein's slaying, but Thorbjorn said it was useless to ask for peace. They defended themselves bravely for a time, but when the fire pressed them, they ran out. After that, their defence was short, because the fire had overcome them. Earl Valthiev fell, and thirty of his men with him. Thorbjorn and his men got a great deal of booty, and he kept all his promises to them faithfully. Then they went to the Orkneys to Arrogenwald, who was well satisfied with what they had done. Then there was peace and quiet in the islands. At that time, a young man lived in the islands by the name of Kolbin Ruga, a very overbearing man. He built a fine stone castle which was strong in defence. Kolbin's wife was Herbjörg, the sister of Hakon Barn, but their mother was the daughter of Herbjörg, Paul's daughter. Their children were Kolbin Karl, Bjarni Skald, Simmerlidi, Aslak and Frida. They were all well-mannered. 